the the profession i mean is a coach yeah. not a sport yeah. coach <laughs> i i have branded myself and focused on ceo coaching that means uh, leaders vice presidents board members ceos managing directors mm-hmm. uh, and the company ruba associates the word ruba comes from my native language in malaysia Mal- the uh, malay language ruba is actually transform <laughs> so i chose the word transform for the name of the company but actually as an entrepreneur i am a solopreneur and uh, a seniorpreneur too because wow. uh, i've i've gone to the stage of leaving uh, my employment uh, phase of a long life of more than 38 years of being under employment mostly in corporate but some 7 years ago i decided to be on my own so it's a it's a corporate background mostly in the american company called ibm mm-hmm. <laughs> a quarter century there a couple of other stints here and there and then i went out to not to retire but to rewire <laughs> Mm, I love that. I love that. And and what inspired you to create your own as you mentioned kind of like your own coaching company where you want to help CEOs. What is it that inspired you to 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 move towards that direction for you in your personal life? Is there something that happened? Is it an experience that you went through, you know, a need that you felt was out there in the world that you could fill? Well, as it goes, sometimes there is no long term strategic planning sometimes you stumble along mm-hmm. and when i wanted to leave corporate i was just figuring out what can i do and because of my leadership experience and because somehow i was like a magnet people came to me for advice and my wife too said to teach the kids to do their homework you are better at it i can't mm-hmm. you're a better teacher Uh, my my uncles and grandfathers were all teachers or headmasters so it, it looks like as if it's in my dna to help people through education teaching guiding so that was the first reason why i went into training and coaching and related methods consulting uh, but the 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 question that you ask is there something that happened in my life as soon as i left corporate Uh, about 2 3 months later my brother elder brother passed away mm. and i was 58 he was 63 and i said hmm why did he die so young subhanallah and there is more that there was more that he could have done if he had lived on and so the thing that affected me that time was uh, other than just wanting to get out and do training coaching because my wife say you're a good teacher i felt that yeah, there are more things to be done that he did not do that maybe i could do also mm-hmm. yeah, for myself for him for god that uh, serve serve through my own expertise of the talents that i had so at 63 he died and i said hey prophet muhammad died at 63 that's significant mm-hmm. and what if i can live beyond 63 and lo and behold i be uh, two years later this year i'm 65 so thank you so the two years have been filled with service 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 remembering my late brother of course 
Mashallah, mm, it's a, a beautiful, inspiring story. And, you know, it really is beautiful to see that when you build a business out of a place of service, ultimately, that's what it, that's what really is going to be the fuel that keeps you going. Because a lot of times we get into business because maybe you want something uh, more service level, maybe more material, maybe you want to make more money right now, we want a little bit more freedom, more flexibility. But ultimately, while those things you know, will help give us that initial motivation. Ultimately, what keeps us going is really the purpose behind what we, why we do what we do. Uh, and for you specifically, you know, yourself, you work with CEOs. So people who are really decision makers, people who have uh, a big impact in their organizations, and these organizations can have a big impact on the world around them as well. What have you found to be maybe the biggest challenge that these CEOs generally go through or, or or where where their biggest areas of weaknesses generally lie and i know it probably is different for every person but maybe there's some common traits so this has something to do with what you said about my own journey that because there is a purpose then everything else follows so to mm -hmm. speak uh, sometimes i use this tagline called hassan ceo coach helping ceos entrepreneurs with the heart and science of producing results. Mm -hmm. So the science is the methods, you know, whatever they learned in school or Harvard Business School and techniques. But the challenge for them is what is not making the move? So it goes back to your, you said purpose. I use the word heart. Uh, so the, the challenge to overcome with them is to bring them back to what what is the why like i found my why a few months after i ventured into my own entrepreneurship so if i start with that yeah sinek simon sinek said start with why so i often start with that and when they find their breakthrough why then all the science of uh, what strategy they have to have what productivity tools they need to have what team, tools, CRM, all these are the methods and the science becomes more powerful because they have realized uh, the, the, the inside out approach. So that's, that's a challenge that I relish. <laughs> I love that. And, and you, uh, you know, because being as, as in, the, in the CEO position myself of Omopreneur over the last three years, right, growing from a solopreneur, one person, building this vision to not having a small team and inshallah, hopefully as we continue to grow a bigger team. One of the things that I'm noticing is it gets harder and harder as time passes. Initially, you know, the drive, the motivation, the inspiration is kind of a hundred percent, right? You have this new idea and this real, this, this, um, this goal. And as you mentioned, this purpose, this intention that you want to bring forth into the world. Uh, and as you progress and you get kind of stuck in the day-to-day -day cycle of things, then you start to get trapped in the little, you know, micro kind of requirements, right? That pop up in business, right? All the things that are required of you. And and sometimes it's hard to then, when you're in that day-to-day, -day, zoom out and go back to, well, you know, the bigger picture behind all these little actions that we're taking every single day. And, and for you, do you feel like for someone going through that journey, you know, myself, I've experienced this and I, I know so many entrepreneurs have, what can we do when, you know, initially we have this really boost of inspiration to build this business, to pursue our dreams. And then eventually, as we go on, we start to get roped into the day to day and start to lose focus of the bigger picture. What's what should we do in that scenario? 
I'm not sure I can answer that from my viewpoint because it's not fair to some viewers or listeners that a 65-year-old man, in a way, has got it made. Yeah, All his mortgages are paid. All my children are educated and have their own professions. They even give me some token money, not that I ask. Uh, so w- one of the motivations of work is the livelihood. So f- mm-hmm. for, for me, when I'm past the need for money, yeah, of course, I'm not a billionaire, but I, I have enough and living uh, essentialist life uh, is enough. Uh, so the, 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 the motivation is for me unfairly or fairly, it's easy for me to go back to the big picture because I'm not searching for money anymore mm-hmm. as the number one or number two thing. Uh, so it's hard for me to answer for a 28-year-old, you know, 42-year-old, uh, what is it that they need to, to, to do to refocus on the big picture? But uh, even as a seniorpreneur, uh, I would tend to get lazy or get distracted myself mm-hmm. sometimes. But w- w- what happens is, uh, go back to the marker or the anchor of the word yeah, service to God, uh, remembering during the solar prayers five times a day that we get back, get back, get back to the purpose. So one of the tools of getting back to purpose is simply the five times a day of uh, recalibrating, recalibrating. So if that's useful to other people, uh, a, a true uh, solar will, will recalibrate you know, on a daily basis. Isn't that enough? Five times at least a day? Uh, Mm-hmm. What should be our intention as we go into our prayers to recalibrate? How should we how should we go into those those actions of worship? Well, uh, it is a mixture of uh, istikhara, uh, although istikhara can be done separately. It is a mixture of validating that the goals that I have, the plan that I have for that period, be it a year or the month or the coming week, maybe not. Today, because today, yeah, today too, because in the morning or the night before, you sort of look at a couple of things that you need to do tomorrow plus the following day. But uh, uh, a revalidation and istirara of, is this really what I want? Is this truly my path? Is is the going into the prayer. Mm -hmm. And of course, the second part is uh, the shukur. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm a senior printer. Like I say, I, I, I don't need... To chase for money anymore the kids can even give me money if i <laughs> if i'm poor uh, but hopefully that uh, never happens yeah, yeah. there's a lot to be thankful for so the shukur is the second part and last but not least of course i keep asking the dua uh, to, to make the first one work all the plans uh, be validated inspiration and god's uh, guidance will come whether i'm on the right path of doing my strategic plan and as well as execution on a day-to-day or month-to-month basis. So th- these three things go into uh, each solar session. And that's beautiful. I really love your answer, brother, because ultimately what you mentioned is that like to fill up, to fill up our cup emotionally, spiritually, that is really going to be the key in helping us navigate through these challenges and navigate through the day-to-day in business. And one thing that I really like that, that you mentioned as well, uh, on top of the prayer, on top of the istikhara and du'as, 
the gratitude, right? Uh, a lot of times, uh, what I've noticed is if I'm if I'm usually be uh, you know in in a state of uh, anxiety or stress because of something that's happening in the business or something that we're going through, usually when I then instead shift my 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 focus on gratitude and on what what is going well in my life right now, all the blessings that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given to us, then you can't help but feel a sense of peace and a sense of tranquility, right? When you focus instead on you know what do I need to do and kind of the focus and the chase, and then refocus back well on the gratitude, the blessings, then that makes all the difference. Now, when you work with executives, CEOs, for you, brother, what do you, what do you see or or what do you feel like? most of the conversations usually tend to revolve around when you're when you're in in those coaching sessions with 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 high level CEOs what are the conversations usually focused around what are the things that generally you tend to work on with these people well life and work is integrated mm-hmm. uh, the CEO may at first evade talking about family but i will bring them back uh, if if we look at the wholeness of life uh, someone has a wife and what happens at home affects the office so while they struggle with organizational issues or talent retention issues and, and uh, while these are important as a science and, and the techniques of how to lead, I bring them back to uh, what, what, what's going on in your life right now. Uh, a recent CEO was about to have a first-born baby. Uh, so, uh, uh, so, so the kind of changes that had gone through his wife's uh, emotions and expectations of the baby were, were a disruption to his life that uh, affected his uh, work. So we talked about that. And for, for, for me, who has been married for 39 years coming, it's 38 years, when, when we share and we talk about things, then he said, Hassan, you're talking as if you're talking uh, like my wife. So, so because of the experience of what it feels like to be in the personal side, uh, we, we don't evade talking about personal emotions and personal struggles so that you know, they, they feel whole uh, when they talk about the science and, and the methods and the strategic plan and the execution and how to manage and how to lead and, and how to make the teams work better. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, so in short, eh, look at the whole life. Right. So you really, what you've realized is that ultimately what, what happens outside of work also has a direct impact on what happens inside of work when you're, when you're in business. Yes. And the two years of working from home, especially accentuated that because while they're in a coaching session with me or the the, the previous meeting that they had uh, two hours ago they're at home with mm. some work demands happening so for what it's worth the two years of working from home had them also readjusting and be able to hone and sharpen uh, the the whole life skills yeah what is the biggest advice that you can give for you know startup entrepreneurs that are beginning on this journey that are in the early stages 
All right. In your experience, when it comes to being better leaders, when it comes to, you know, having a team that where you can inspire high performance in that team and you can really inspire others to pursue your vision and really work as hard as you do towards a common goal. What are maybe three tips that you can give us for the entrepreneurs listening today? Common goals, huh? Mm-hmm. Common goals. Uh, I don't know in which order these three are. Common goals are a matter of alignment. If we have a team, uh, we welcome conflict and debate, but consensus is almost impossible to get. Uh, I, I, I'm talking on the basis of a consultative leader, servant leader, not an autocratic leader. Then you have a team, everybody listens to you as a boss. So I'm not talking in that context. But if you are a servant leader and an able leader like that, you get words and opinions from others. So alignment is important because with the team, uh, my line is simple. We align, we may disagree, but let's run with this first. Because us, especially big startup companies, we are so agile and nimble. Mm -hmm. Uh, The worst thing that can happen, we made a wrong decision, we can change it later. So don't don't belabor (laughs) decision-making. Go do something first and learn from it. Yeah, that's one tip. Uh, the second tip has got to keep on uh, having to do with purpose, purpose, and purpose. If I am clear about my purpose, you hear me, Abby. And it doesn't take bombastic words to describe uh, where I'm coming from. So similarly, a young entrepreneur uh, with Simple language can describe his, his aspiration, what drives him. Uh, that will inspire and, 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 and lead the others to also look for their purpose yeah? and see the common values that are there. Uh, if there are values which are not common, fine too, but go and look for the common uh, values that everybody has. You might come up with core values of the company democratically, but align. There will be disagreements, align. Even core values. Yeah? One year down the road, you can change from these four to uh, three other things, uh, value statements and value words and phrases. So uh, be purposeful and lead your team to also be purposeful. Uh, and whatever is true for the team member, so be it because... As I experience it too, our true calling, our purposes keeps getting refined and refined and, and changes over the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So th- those, those are the two top tips I have. Thank you so much for that, uh, Brother Hasmadeen. And and one question that I do uh, want to follow up with based on what you're sharing with me is for you specifically, as you've transitioned from uh, working within the corporate environment to now being your own coach, right? Working with your own one-on-one clients. What for you has been the biggest learning or realization or looking back, thinking to yourself, oh, if I knew this from the start, it would have made my journey easier, right? What, what is something unexpected that you've realized or something that you've been through that you, you look back and realize, wow, this was a big, a big learning session or um, a learning lesson, sorry, or you know, a big realization I didn't expect? Ah, it has to do with, you may call it marketing, mm-hmm. but in, in corporate, because of structure and processes and divisions and departments, multiple roles, uh, coagulate 
to form an engine that runs mm -hmm. smoothly mm -hmm. or unsmoothly, but there are mechanics and grease uh, to smoothen the flow of the engine. Out there alone, I am good. I have expertise, but who is it that wants me? Mm -hmm. Who is it that I can serve? Who can get benefit from me? How can I make impact if people don't know me, don't come to me, and I am under capacity? Mm -hmm. So that has been the biggest realization, which made me want and keep wanting to refine how I expose myself to the world that uh, they can get benefit from me. Call it marketing, call it promotion, call it branding. Uh, so that, that has been a steep learning curve. And lately, I think I've overcome it with my own ways of uh, getting to get new beneficiaries uh, to my impact and expertise. So the, the marketing aspect for a guy who's come up from corporate with an engine running, uh, it could be a struggle. It was a struggle for me and I kept uh, working on it and yeah. I've improved. Yeah, definitely. And and I think that's probably the biggest challenge even for seasoned entrepreneurs is always like keeping keeping the, the, the flow coming into the business, right? So like, how are we marketing? How are we attracting new clients consistently? Because that has always been, I mean, ultimately, if every single business owner had, you know, a, a, a tried and true method for attracting clients, that worked and that was 100% scalable, every single business owner would be a millionaire, right? <laughs> but the, the reason why we're not is because ultimately, at the end of the day, every single business owner, their bottleneck is usually, well, how can I scale the marketing, the acquisition? Um, now, this is something as well, even with an entrepreneur and myself building two businesses before this, you know, I've, I've constantly had to learn about marketing, test different strategies, and even to this day, even with an entrepreneur, I think every two, three months, I shift the entire marketing strategy and we test something new to see, well, does this work better? Does this work worse? What's working good and what's not? And it's been a really interesting journey, but also one that I can, I realize if you are doing it on your own, if you are trying to figure out, you know, from scratch, all the things that you need to do or might not need to do, then that's going to be a little bit difficult. But however, what you can do is uh pull from the knowledge of those who have done it already, right? And that's the whole benefit of having mentors, having coaches like yourself, right? If you're a leader and you want to have, have the experience of someone else who can guide you through that journey, that's where having a coach is important. Just like with marketing, if you feel like I'm not where I need to be with the marketing, you can always go and pull from the knowledge of other others who have been through that journey and who can help guide you. For you, what has, if you could share with us, if you'd be so kind, what has worked for you so far as a coach when it comes to uh, attracting clients or building a client base? Maybe it's something that our audience can benefit from. I know we have a few coaches, definitely many coaches that listen to this. So uh, I'm 65 years old, but even a 42-year-old, the network, mm -hmm. you under people, we tend to underestimate our network. And when we underestimate our network, we lose the potential of getting recommendations, suggestions, and referrals mm. so it just needs a few sittings of listing down all the people we know from our past clients our last boss uh, the person who used to report to me all the good people of course in the list if i find toxic people i have a list called 
category D. I will delete and discard. <laughs> but but I have the A, B, C list. The A list are probably 10% of the people I know who would love to give me referrals. Mm -hmm. So don't underestimate the power of the network and power of referrals. So so I, I put a science to it also, a methodological approach to keeping in touch, uh, uh, offering help, and then mm -hmm. ask for referrals. Keeping yeah. in touch, not for referrals, keeping in touch more so for the second item. How can I help you? Is there anything I can do to help you? Uh, my contemporaries who are in the 60s or who used to report, people who used to report to me who are now in their 40s. Hey, how are you doing? Is there anything I can do uh, that I can help? Yeah. And they, they, they get surprised. And, uh, and as the relationship gets rekindled and gets stronger, in the end, they will offer and to find out what are you really doing, Asan? And then I say, I'm, I'm doing this. And if I may ask you, uh, uh, the kind of people who will benefit most from me are, that, 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 I, I describe the kind of senior people who are looking for a senior person like me. And then the friend or the relationship buddy uh, becomes actually a referral friend. So mm -hmm. never mm -hmm. underestimate that part of uh, marketing. The, yeah. the other yeah. thing that works for me, and this one, <laughs> because I've been doing this for seven years, this coaching, but it was only one year ago that I went into weekly appearance on Zoom, one hour a week, connecting people together. I call it peers on demand. And every week on Wednesday, without fail, except when I was down with COVID and last week when I had a vacation. And in October coming, I'm going to have a vacation. But otherwise, consistently, consistently, again, I use the word consistently, mm -hmm. uh, the consistency of appearance uh, with people invited and they coming on board. My, 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 my method is just facilitating and sharing people getting to know each other. And more often than not, they do get to know each other and form collaborations and new connections because of my one-hour platform. It's compact, it's efficient. The people want to come because it's not too taxing on them to spend a half a day. They come for one hour and then they might come back in a future month. Some of Many of them come back and they get benefit from the connections from there. But the side effect of it they see me talking they see my mouth my mannerisms my white shirt and after a while they get curious Hassan what do you really do can I have a separate call with you and in the past one year uh, 20 leads came from there uh, four contracts of coaching were, I, I don't know whether the numbers are good or bad but for a solopreneur uh, spending zero cost in yeah, uh, appearing online on Zoom, people get to know me and people get to curious about me. So that's the second uh, method that has been yeah. successful for me. That's really nice. Thank you very much for sharing that so generously and 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 you know just giving being transparent about what's worked for you. And I think one point that you mentioned is really important in that 
you know, we tend to focus a lot on the marketing and, and, the, and, and, you know, the strategies to let's say generate traffic and maybe run advertising and all of those things, which are important. But at the same time, I think we tend to ignore the organic side of things most, uh, a lot of times, which is really building real relationships, building a network, building, you know, trusted connections with peers and with other people who it comes from a place of service. And, and so generally human beings are, are reciprocal in nature. So we want to reciprocate. If someone has given us value, if someone has helped us, you know, solve a certain problem, we generally want to reciprocate in, in the same fashion, whether we can refer them someone, whether we can, you know, help in our own way. Uh, and so what you realize is really ultimately once when you give, then you receive, right? But you have to have, your hand has to be open. An open hand cannot receive. So you have to open up your hand, you have to give first, and then that, that hand can receive. If it's closed, it can't receive, right? So that's uh, yeah, so kind of- let, let, let me add, let me reinforce. And so if I do, I ask for referrals, I maintain relationships, I rekindle relationships. Where does it begin from? It's back to service. Mm -hmm. Service to them, service to Allah. Yeah. Uh, so the effect of getting a referral and a new business is secondary. That I must remember. Mm -hmm. In the end, uh, well, be you a 62-year-old or a 32-year-old, if you have that service mindset and purpose, uh, then put secondary, the, the getting the business. Because while you, even if you don't get the business, the relationships is so rich and powerful mm -hmm. and fulfilling, yeah. Uh, so, so even when I do connections of people in a one-hour session, uh, if I said I got 20 leads in a year, that was not the main purpose. That was a good purpose for business, but I relish, I enjoy meeting new people. So over the year, I would have met four new people a week because of this platform and out of this four say 12 a month one of them gets closer and closer to me not necessarily for business but just for helping each other or, or become a new friend so the, the, the fulfillment of service outweighs yeah, the secondary aim of marketing for mm -hmm. new clients yeah. mm -hmm. Definitely, hundred percent, and and uh, really, all of it boils down to what you mentioned. With in the sense that when you approach it with that mindset, I think not only will you will you receive uh, back what you put out and put forth, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will reward you for it, but also it will sometimes when we are stuck in that day to day. And, and you know, getting pulled by all the activities and demands of our business, sometimes re recalibrating to that place of service allows us to, you know, kind of just take a breath and 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 just you know pause and focus on what matters, right? As as we were kind of tying this back to what we talked about initially, because a lot of times when we start to feel that anxiety, that stress that comes with being in a business and all the demands and everything that has to be done, what happens is now we're coming from a place of reaction instead of being proactive right? We're being reactive and being proactive means coming from a place of service and really thinking about how you can serve and help others. And being reactive is more like, oh, I need to kind of do this as soon as it pops up, uh, which can get a little bit exhausting if that's all you're doing every single day is reacting, right? That's how people get burnt out. Yeah, hey, I mean, how's your Arabic? My Arabic is not bad. I'm actually born and raised in Canada. My parents are originally Lebanese. So I okay. do speak Arabic. Uh, I do understand it, but I do have an accent as well. <laughs> Why am I asking? Because yes. there is an interpretation to my name. 
my name in full is Hasanuddin. Mm-hmm. So the two connected words are Hasan and Din. Yes. Okay. So the common meaning of Hasan is fine, uh, even handsome, beautiful. Mm-hmm. But as I research further on the meaning, it's not just good and fine and beautiful. Uh, I also interpret from some reading that it also means continually getting better. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So even at 65, I'm continuously learning and I'm continually expanding my service to, to the people that I touch. Uh, but the connection to Dean is Dean is not just religion, it's, it's a whole way of life for the purpose of the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, right? So when I look at my name, so other than talking about my brother who died and I'm also, you know, doing good deeds for him as well as for me by serving my beneficiaries, I remember my name interpreted this way. So I call it Hassan din is beautifully ascending in the service of God. Mm. beautiful. So that's me. Mm. So all the things that I do, all the CRM systems that I run, for example, for referral tracking, uh, all just science and methods. But yeah, look at my name, uh, then <laughs> gets me going. Hundred percent, Hanal is so so beautiful, brother. I'm I'm so grateful to you for sharing that with me as well and with our audience because it's just so beautiful and puts things into such a beautiful perspective mashallah i'm really grateful that you shared that with me i want to ask you brother how can people work with you how can they go and find out more about you and, and connect with you inshallah you know they are listening to this podcast uh, you've given so much value already how can people go and learn more connect possibly work with you if they need to well i have a linkedin account uh, you know, the front part of the LinkedIn URL, linkedin.com mm-hmm. slash IN slash Hassan Saidin, H A S A N S A I D I N. From there, uh, they can connect with me. Perfect. And I'm, I'm going to make sure I, I, to I, link it. Yes. Yep. I, I look forward to meeting new people. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to make sure to link it in the episode notes as well so people can just have it right there. So if you're listening, Go and look at the episode notes and, and you know, uh, take a look at that. Hassan, there's one last question that I ask every single guest that joins me on this podcast. One of my favorite questions to ask, and it's the following. If you could go back to your much younger self, we're looking at, you know, thinking of you being 18, 20, right at the cusp of, of entering into adulthood. And now that you've had this, mashallah, journey and all of these years of experience right throughout life, if you could go back and meet your 18-year-old self and you could tell him one thing, one piece of advice that he could hold hold onto as he navigated this journey called life, what would that piece of advice be for you? What would you tell him? Uh, connect everything back to yeah, the, the, the spiritual. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, back in the 70s when I was 18, uh, it was the Bell Bottoms era, Jimi Hendrix, and <laughs> uh, so we were swayed with that. There were lots of philosophies from Bob Dylan, uh, I love Joni Mitchell, 
But what I did not do is to connect them back to my spirituality in my interpretation. I interpreted my name as Hasanuddin, uh, beautifully ascending in, uh, in the service of God way too late. I, I was already 60 years old when I had the epiphany of my own name. So if I were to tell my 18-year-old, hey, mom and dad gave you a name, and this is the name, and this is how you connect uh, Bob Dylan's poetry mm -hmm. uh, to your name and uh, the covenant that actually I have with God. I would tell them that. SubhanAllah, that's a beautiful piece of advice. Thank you. And I think uh, not only did I need to hear this, I think a lot of people who are listening to this, will will it, it will be something that affects them as well, inshallah, and will reach many people. So thank you for that, brother. Hassan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining this podcast. Thank I, you for having me. I've enjoyed this immensely, inshallah. And I really look forward to just having people listening to this and, and see their reactions. It's going to be amazing. Really, uh, I'm grateful to you from the bottom of my heart. And as well, for all of you listeners who are joining us, please make sure to go in the episode notes and uh, really go and connect with uh, Brother Hassan on LinkedIn, or even we're going to drop his website as well, ruba.my, R-U-B-A-H dot M-Y, that you can go and look at as well to learn more about what he does, work with him and get his support. If you're an entrepreneur CEO, then I'm sure you will benefit immensely from his guidance, inshallah. And until then, we'll see you all in the next episode. Take care, everyone. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.